Before that, Salat had been performed only in the mornings and in the afternoons or at nights. After such a long journey, having attained gifts and blessings and having seen and heard so many bewildering things, he was back to his bed, which was still warm. What we have written above was understood partly from ayats and partly from hadiths. It is not wajib to believe all. Yet, since the scholars of Ahl-Sunnah stated them, people who deny these facts will be separated from the Ahl-Sunnah. Those who do not believe an ayat or a hadith becomes a disbeliever. Let us cite some of the innumerable evidences showing that Muhammad is the most superior prophet, Sayyid al-Anbiya. On the Day of Judgment, all prophets will shelter in the shade of his banner. Allah Ta'ala commanded all prophets السلام, that, if they should remain alive till the time of Muhammad السلام, who, among creatures, was Allah Ta'ala's darling elect, they should believe him and be his assistants. Also, all prophets ordered their ummas the same in their last requests. Muhammad السلام, was the Katam al-Anbiya, the last prophet, that is, no prophet will succeed him. His blessed soul was created before all prophets. The status of prophetship was given first to him. Prophetship was completed with his honoring the world. Towards the end of the world, during the time of Hazrat al-Mahdi, Isa السلام, will descend from heaven to Damascus and join Muhammad's السلام, ummah and spread Islam on the earth. The heretical people called Qadianis or Ahmadis who were organized by the British in India in 1880-1296, tell slanderous lies about Isa السلام, too. Although they claim to be Muslims, they strive to destroy Islam from within. A fatwa, ruling made on a religious matter by Islamic scholars, was issued to declare that they were not Muslims. Another heretical group of Zindiks who appeared in India are the group called Jamaat Tabligiya, or Tablig Jama'a. Their sect was first founded in 1926-1345 by an ignoramus named Ilyas. He asserted that Muslims had deviated from the true path of Islam and that he had dreamt of a divine command to rescue them from deviation. He was preaching what he had learned from the books by his heretical masters, namely Nazir Hussain, Rashid Ahmed Kankuhi, and Khalil Ahmed Saharanpuri. To deceive Muslims, they always talk about the importance of Salat and Jama'ah. However, none of their Salat or other ritual worships are acceptable since they are heretics, Ahl al-Bid'ah. That is, they are outside the correct belief of Ahl sunnah The first thing they have to do is to read books written by scholars of Ahl sunnah to free themselves of heretical beliefs and become true Muslims. People who misinterpret the ayats with hidden meanings in the Qur'an al-Karim are termed people of bid'ah, or heretics, enemies of Islam who give such ayats meanings suitable to their treacherous and heretical thoughts are called zindiks, who are trying to change the Qur'an al-Karim and Islam. Such groups are founded, supported, and backed financially by the British, the greatest enemy for propagating worldwide. Members of Tablig Jama'a, who are merely ignorant and ignoble tools that have fallen into the traps set by the British unbelievers, are striving to deceive Muslims by calling themselves Ahl sunnah by performing Salat and by telling lies. Abdullah ibn Masud said, There will be people performing Salat although they believe in no religion. These people shall be subjected to eternal fire in the deepest ditches of hell.
some of them wearing huge turbans like stork nests built on top of minarets, growing a beard and putting on long robes, recite and misinterpret ayats to cheat Muslims. However, a hadith sharif states, Allah Ta'ala judges you not by your figures and attire, but by your hearts and intentions. Because these uneducated, ignorant liars are unable to answer the books of Hakikat Publishing, they say, Books published by Hakikat Publishing are wrong and heretical. Do not read them. The most noticeable sign to recognize heretics and zindiks, who are enemies to Islam, is their saying wrong about the writings of the scholars of Ahl Sunnah and about the books publishing them, to prevent their being read. Our Turkish book, Faideli Bilgiler, expounds on the harms these people have been causing to Islam and quotes the answers given to them by the scholars of Ahl Sunnah. Muhammad is the highest of prophets and is Allah Ta'ala's compassion for all creatures. 18,000 worlds of beings receive benefit from his ocean of blessings. By consensus, he is the prophet for all human beings and genies. Many reports state that he is the prophet for angels, plants, animals, and for every substance. While other prophets had been sent to certain tribes in certain countries, Rasulullah was and is the prophet of all classes of beings and all the living and lifeless creatures. Allah Ta'ala had addressed other prophets by their names. As for Muhammad Allah Ta'ala favored him by addressing him, O my prophet, the like of every miracle that had been granted to other prophets was presented to him. Allah Ta'ala bestowed upon the beloved Prophet more gifts and granted him more miracles than those that had been granted to any other Prophet. He was made superior to all Prophets with countless honors and excellences. The moon split in two when he made a sign with his blessed finger. The stones in his palm uttered the name of Allah. Trees greeted him by saying, O Rasulullah. The dry log named Hanana cried because Rasulullah salam walked away and left it alone. Pure water flowed from between his blessed fingers. The high grades of Al-Maqam Al-Mahmud, praise and glory, Al-Shafa'at Al-Kubra, intercession, Al-Hawd Al-Kawthar, white as milk, river or pond of abundant goodness in paradise where the Ummah of Rasulullah will be gathered on the Day of Judgment. Al-Wasila, means of approach, and Al-Fadila, virtuous, were to be given to him in the hereafter. He had the honor of seeing Allah Ta'ala's Jamal before entering paradise during the Miraj. He had the most beautiful moral quality in the world, the most perfect faith, knowledge, gentleness, patience, gratitude, zuhd, turning away from worldly things, chastity, justness, heroism, bashfulness, bravery, modesty, wisdom, beautiful manners, helpfulness, mercy, and inexhaustible honors, and honorable traits. No one but Allah Ta'ala knows the number of miracles given to him. His religion abrogated all religions. His religion is the best and highest of all religions. His ummah is higher than all other ummas. The awliya of his ummah are more honorable than the awliya of other ummas. Among the awliya of his ummah, the one who deserved to be his successor, caliph, was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiyallahu ta'ala anh, who was loved most by awliya and imams and was more suited for the caliphate than others. After prophets, he is the highest and the most auspicious of all human beings that have come and that will come. He was the first to attain the status and honor of caliphate.
as a favor and blessing from Allah Ta'ala, he had not worshipped idols before Islam commenced. He had been protected against defect of disbelief and heresy. After him, the highest of human beings is the second caliph, Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiallahu ta'ala an, whom Allah ta'ala chose as a friend to the beloved Prophet alayhi salam. The next highest of human beings is the third caliph of Rasulullah alayhi salam, Dunnurain Uthman ibn Affan, radiallahu ta'ala an, a treasure of favors and blessings and a source of modesty, faith, and spiritual knowledge. After him, the most auspicious of human beings is the fourth caliph of Rasulullah salam, Ali ibn Abi Talib ta'ala possessor of astonishing superiorities and the lion of Allah Ta'ala. Next, Hazrat Hassan ibn Ali ta'ala anhum, became the caliph, poisoned to death in Al-Madinata Munawwara in 669-49. The thirty years of caliphate mentioned in the Hadith Sharif was completed with him. After him, the highest human being is Hazrat Hussein ibn Ali, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, the light of Rasulullah's eyes. The superiority here was based on their having earned more thawab, heavenly reward for saying and doing things liked by Allah ta'ala, abandoned their country and their beloved ones for the sake of Islam, accepting Islam before others, adapting themselves to Rasulullah to the highest extent, following his sunnah strictly, struggling in spreading his religion and preventing disbelief, mischief, and chaos. Hazrat Ali embraced Islam before all others, with the exception of Hazrat Abu Bakr. Yet he was a child and had no property and lived in Rasulullah's house, serving him. Therefore, his embracing Islam did not cause unbelievers to be defeated, to embrace Islam and to follow his example. On the other hand, the embracement of the other three caliphs strengthened Islam. Because Hazrat Ali and his sons عنهم, were Rasulullah's closest relatives and of Rasulullah's blessed blood, they might be said to be higher than Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Umar, but their superiority was not in every respect and did not help them surpass these great persons in every way. It was similar to Qadr's, salam, having taught something to Musa, salam. Hazrat Fatima was higher than Hazrat Khatija and Hazrat Aisha, radiallahu ta'ala anhunna, because she was closer to the Prophet in respect of blood. But one type of superiority should not show a superiority in every respect. Islamic scholars made statements disagreeing with one another on which of these three was the highest. As understood from the Hadith Sharif, these three, Hazrat Maryam, Virgin Mary, and the Pharaoh's wife, Hazrat Asiya, were the five highest of all the worldly women. The Hadith Sharif, Fatima is superior to the women of Paradise, and Hassan and Hussein are the highest youths of Paradise, referred to superiority only in one respect. The next highest ones of the Sahabat al-Kiram, companions of the Prophet, were al-Asharat al-Mubashara, the ten people blessed with the good news of going to paradise. After them, the highest Muslims were the 313 Muslims who took part in the holy battle of Badr. The next were the 700 brave Muslims who took part in the holy battle of Uhud. Next to them were the Bi'at al-Radwan, the 1400 Muslims who took the oath of allegiance to Rasulullah alayhi salam under the tree. As as-Sahabat al-Kiram radiallahu ta'ala anhum ajma'in, 
sacrificed their lives and property for the sake of Rasulullah sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa sallam and assisted him so it is incumbent, wajib, upon us to mention the name of any of them with veneration and love. It is never permissible to say words unbecoming their greatness. It is heresy to mention their names disrespectfully. One who loves Rasulullah alayhi salam has to love all of his sahaba because a hadith sharif says, He who loves my sahaba loves them because he loves me. He who does not love them does not love me. He who hurts them hurts me. And he who hurts me hurts Allah Ta'ala. A person who hurts Allah Ta'ala will certainly suffer torture. In another hadith sharif, he stated, When Allah Ta'ala wants to bless one of my ummah, he places in his heart the love of my sahaba, and he loves all of them dearly. Therefore, the battles between the Sahabat al-Kiram should not be supposed to have taken place for becoming the Caliph or for satisfying evil thoughts or sensual desires. It is hypocrisy which leads one to ruination to speak ill of them out of such a supposition, since jealousy and desire for position and addiction to the world had been completely cleared from their hearts by sitting in the presence of Rasulullah sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wasallam and hearing his blessed words, they were corrected and became free from greed, ambition, grudge, and evil nature. They were entirely purified. Considering the fact that a person who stays for a few days in the presence of one of the walis, of the ummah, of the exalted prophet, benefits from the walis' beautiful morals and excellences and becomes purified from worldly ambitions, how could it ever be presumed that the prophet's sahaba our masters who loved Rasulullah more than anybody else and sacrificed their property and lives for him and abandoned their country for him and were fond of his company, which was nourishment for spirits, were not free from bad morals, that their nefs were not clean and that they fought for the carcass-like temporary world? Those great people were certainly more pure than everybody. It is unfair to liken the disagreements and combats between them to matters among us, ill-willed people, or to say that they fought to satisfy their evil, sensual, and worldly desires. It is not permissible to bear such improper thoughts against the Sahabat al-Kiram. A person who would say something against them should know that hostility towards the Sahabat al-Kiram means hostility towards Rasulullah sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wasallam, and to speak ill of them means to speak ill of him who educated and trained them. For this reason, the great men of Islam said that lack of respect for and absence of high opinion of the Sahabat al-Kiram meant disbelief in the Messenger of Allah.